Hello, hello. How am I doing today? Am I high or low? Am I number I think one you're right or number there. two? You are number one. <laughs> you are number I'm two. I'm number two, apparently. You shit. <laughs> you are shit. <laughs> well, that does are well we for recording? myself for today. <laughs> oh, good. I hope we're recording that. Welcome to... Holy fuck. Holy fuck. Holy fuck. Two gals on the prowl for enlightenment, sex, and all things holy. Holy fuck. Each week, beauty alchemist and transformational coach and speaker, Catherine McClellan, and spiritual healer and life coach, Krista Kim, discuss navigating spiritual consciousness in a real human body. Stumbling through dating, relationships, and everyday life, all while maintaining a fucking sense of humor. Hi, Krista. Hey, Catherine. How are you this morning? I'm good. I'm cold, y'all. For a reason, you should see the snapshots <laughs> we just took of ourselves. Here it is in sunny Southern California, a ripe 40 degrees this morning in our homes. Raw! And it's just, oh my God, my hands are numb. Everything about me is. Uh, you may hear tingling. a sniffle. <laughs> so weird. So welcome, everyone, to the Holy Fuck Podcast. We have a very sensual and intimate episode for you today, and uh, I feel so lucky to have the opportunity to get to chat and interview with the author of two books, Intimate Partnership, The Ultimate Guide to Feeling Sexy, Connected, and Whole, and her other book, Power Coupling, Coming Together When Life is Falling Apart. She's a minister, spiritual life coach, and a beauty alchemist. Who could this be? Beyond her bachelor's in psychology, she has an MA in spiritual psychology with a concentration in consciousness, health, and healing, coaching certifications in mind, body, and relationship coaching, and mastery and partnerships. Whoa. She is an ordained minister of universal spirituality, has an honorary DD. I don't know what that means. An honorary be a doctor of divinity. There you go. And is also certified as a transformational leader and hands-on healer. She has a business called Raw Naked Beauty, where she invites clients to see the radiant self behind their true beauty and captures that in the raw. Not to be confused with raw dog. <laughs> Who could we be talking about, Catherine? Who are we talking about this morning? Oh, the master of holy, hol- the holer, the master <laughs> of holy fucking, Catherine McClellan. <laughs> Yay! Good morning, everyone. It's me. It's me. That's my official bio. And today we're going to get to talk about my new book. So we thought Krista had a brilliant idea to <laughs> do what we do for most of our guests and read their bios when we start. So yeah, and pretty soon we'll very, be doing Krista's bio for, for something. Some, I'll be know. interviewing you. <laughs> you have a very impressive bio. So, it, like, ah. you know, I don't read your bio every day. So every time <laughs> I do read it, I start to have, like, doubts about myself. Like, why am I? Why, why do I get to podcast with you every week? Like, you have so many certifications. Because <laughs> you're awesome. <laughs> oh, that's it. Oh, I, can you make me a certificate with that? I will. <laughs> I will. Don't worry. By the time we do it for you, I'll have the awesome certificate. I'll give you, like, a AA an awesome certificate of awesomeness. (laughs) Um, And we are interviewing you today because it's your book launch day. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, what that means is my book is launching. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Wow, such a surprise. What it means is my second book is launching tomorrow. And it's going to be very exciting. And you can go to my website and you can go to Holy Fuck and you can find <laughs> links for those things and also Facebook. Um, but what is happening is the book is going to be birthed mm-hmm. tomorrow and into the world. And it's called Intimate Partnership. It's being birthed on your birthday or close to your birthday. We're going to call it <laughs> like so close to my birthday. It's only a week away. Um, and it's my 60th birthday, so all these momentous moments. So tell me what it means to launch your book. Launch my book. That's so great. Well, tomorrow that's going to happen. Today mm-hmm. I'm just going to chat with you about it. It is the moment when the book goes out into the world and births, <laughs> pops. And luckily it's like a C-section where you can actually choose the time and day you want to do it. So I'm going to be doing that tomorrow. It's going to be on Facebook 
probably Instagram and probably on Holy Fuck also, so that anybody interested wants to get to see me playing around with my cohort of people who were. So it's a live launch. Is it's what you're a saying. live launch. Yep, and uh, it'll be. You know, it'll be really fun. It's a couple hours of just hearing about amazing books, and you can just check in and out and see what's fun for you about checking it in. Because there's going to be other new authors launching yeah, at the, the same time. the group. Got and it. I don't even know the size of the group, but probably around 10, I would say, and maybe even not that many. But anyway. Cool. It's going to be fun. It's always exciting for us because mm-hmm. we're launching our books. And we all try to get bestseller status. So anybody who wants to come on and give me a little click, you'll Thumbs have up, all the reviews. Um, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to read my book, you can buy it for free tomorrow. You can buy it for free. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you have to go free. to Amazon to okay. buy it. And uh-huh. you definitely don't buy it with one click and you don't do anything. You say, you press on buy this book where it says it's free today. Okay. And then you get a free book. So now anybody who wants to know something about <laughs> intimate partnership should check that out tomorrow. So you can go to the launch or you can go to Amazon. So exciting. Links will be everywhere. I think it's exciting. And you're. I would love it if you would write a review. <laughs> Getting free book, get to play around with it, and then pop your review up on Amazon. I would be your It's a way of supporting forever. you and supporting the podcast and all of our work in the world. It is. It cool. is. And, you know, as you can imagine from the title, it has something to do with what we talk about <laughs> on our podcast. So, so well, I. that's a good point. So what is your book about? Intimate partner. <laughs> it's uh, subtitle is essential guide to feeling sexy, connected, and whole. Mm-hmm. And it's really a guide for women in partnership, or really anybody in partnership, to get all the way into themselves and find out about themselves and to share those things with their partner. So. We have these sort of sensual practices that I invite people to do all the way through the book, not mm-hmm. just theory, but we get to have experience. Okay. A little touchy touchy. <laughs> oh, now, now I'm interested. Now, now <laughs> Chris just started moving on her chair. Already. Here we go. So I love, yeah. I love what you just said about, um, you know, it, the intimacy part. And I always just immediately connect that to another person. Mm-hmm. And that feels very easy, or well, easier for me to like be with somebody else and have intimate conversation or into you know actual sexual intimacy. But I don't think I've ever really thought about that for myself or mm-hmm. doing those practices for myself or realizing that in order to have true intimacy with another person, you actually have to have it with yourself first. Yeah. Yeah, it's so important. And the one of the reasons is because having intimacy with another person is super scary. Mm. You know, like you think and you're all feeling sexy, but then if you really actually have to move on it or you want to say something, it the ante just starts going up. So what what happens there? That's why people usually drink when they're out. Because it's way easier to be kind of drops the veil. intimate. Yeah, you stop thinking about what you're doing. You mm-hmm. just stop being self-conscious. Right. So it, that's when it, things get fun. And that's why you like it so much. For a moment, they get fun until you say too much. <laughs> and then the argument starts because <laughs> no, no, the no, alcohol. <laughs> no, forget that. We're not having too much alcohol yet. We're just having that nice amount that's, okay. what is that? That social lubricant. Right. But we'll use that word anyway. I said can't. I didn't say cunt. I don't know why. Can't. I can't hear you. I twat. I can't hear you. Twat did you infection. Wasn't that the way that went? Oh, God. God, it's Halloween and we are it's not Halloween. Hold on. It's cold and we're it's losing cold. our minds. <laughs> we're losing our minds. Okay. So back to this very serious book. One of the things I wanted to really present in this book, Krista, too, was that things don't always have to be serious. Intimacy, mm-hmm. one of the other lubricants of um sexual intimacy and personal intimacy with other people is having things not be so serious. So how do you do that? You play. So Ooh. literally one of the things I was teaching, I'm teaching in the book. Are you talking role play? No, oh. I'm not talking role play, but huh. I'm going to add that chapter have to have a quick it. edit. <laughs> Second edition, Krista Kim adds, we call it this holy fuck edition, and we'll put all the things that you wanted to add in. So- <laughs> For playfulness, I, what um, 
what showed up for playfulness for me was this idea that we can break out of what we would normally do mentally. Like, oh, mentally playful. Can I let my mind come up with new ways to think about things? Can I open? And what if somebody suggested something that was like, <gasps> what if that was a little scary to me? Like, instead of getting all, uh, no, I can't right. do it, which is maybe how we first might react or shot of tequila later. <laughs> I'll try it, baby. Maybe we go, huh, that feels a little scary, but let me see what I can do and literally move your body. Mm -hmm. literally get playful and first do it with yourself. So <laughs> uh, of yeah, face lights <laughs> right up when I say do it with yourself. But what I mean is just let your body move so that you actually are more in contact with yourself and it actually frees you up. So your breath starts to move again. See what I hear in that for myself when you say playfulness is there's so many, um, in, when you're in relationship, there's so many times where you need to have some challenging or uncomfortable yeah. conversations and do they have to be so challenging and uncomfortable, or can we bring an element of playfulness yes. to the conversation, lighten the mood so that what we're talking about or what we want to, the truth bomb we want to deliver can be done in a way that's not so heavy? Because when we yeah. come at someone with heavy inf information and an energy behind it that's heavy, it's like they are, they automatically go into preparation mode or like fear, put the fear yeah. and. Like well, they have to put the wall up. But if you come from a playful uh, perspective, then it's like their guards down. This is exactly what I'm talking about. So that's cool. great. And I'm glad I communicated that to you. So what we're talking about is coming with something, but you start by being playful, which is what you were saying, is we come into the space with a lighter energy mm -hmm. inside us already. So the other person, no matter what we say, it doesn't sound like this big heavy thing. Dun, dun, dun. Like, I really want to talk about something. Let's talk about my move-in date. Oh. <laughs> thinking about moving in. Hmm. What can we say about that? What are you thinking? What are all your thoughts? Say all your thoughts about it. Right. Say the ones that you think are silly and I could move in tomorrow, you know, or I could move in in six months. Like whatever you want, just play with it, change your voice. And it's true what I was saying before about get in your body, like physically move with it. The worst thing we can do is sit down to have an intense conversation. Mm. Someone pointed out to me once that all the great philosophers throughout history always walked when they talked. They always took people on walks like Thoreau and then Aristotle and all of God, you know what I just saw in my head? Is like a no. couple just like um sw like whole dancing like but slow dance and just like swaying like the woman's right? face on the man's shoulder and they're just swaying and they're ha like they're having this like intimate conversation. Yeah, it's so sexy too. Yeah, right? it's like oh, instead of like what you're saying, the sit down and look sitting across from each other and you know? we both have our pens out and what are we going to mm -hmm. take notes about? It's like forget it, forget oh. it. I love that. So just let your body – and so while you're listening, you guys, since Kristen and I are Kristen, yeah, we're like, Whoa. like, just let – lift your arms up in the air. And if you're driving, don't do that. <laughs> the police will come. But it, just let yourself free your body. You know, I, I saw something in a really strange place, but it was a – I was doing traffic school yesterday. I was a bond girl <laughs> speeding. And in the traffic school, they were talking about how to move in your seat to be the safest you can be. And they were talking about lean forward away from the back. And so your body can actually turn. If you're leaning against the back, you can't turn at all. So anyway, I thought that was a really funny place to get a movement instruction okay, from. But never now, of traffic that. school, there you never know. So anyway, so the idea is you lighten up, you, you add energy to your body and you lighten it up so there's flow. And then you two start dancing together. And it could be as close as what your vision was or even just walking. Mm -hmm. I, when you said my, your visualization, mine was on the beach. Right. Just like this couple. It's so like, I don't know, is it a Geritol commercial <laughs> or something? <laughs> is that a thing anymore, Geritol? Or an erection commercial. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, Oh, yeah, yeah, Viagra, right? <laughs> Viagra. Where they're walking down the beach holding hands so you know they're eventually going to have it, sex. <laughs> Yay! Or they did. No, they'd be sleeping. No, but anyway <laughs> – I just had this visualization of that. That's partly due to my age. Forget me. But anyway, so I had this idea of having this very intense conversation, which actually has happened to me a million times because I live in California on the beach, walking with my kids, walking partners, 
whoever it is, that that is a way better place to have a conversation than in my living room with a pen in my hand. Well, apparently, you know, sitting down at a restaurant in Hawaii isn't the best place to have a <laughs> intimate conversation either. Hopefully so. you listen to <laughs> Trouble in Paradise and you know what she's talking about. Yeah, beer. Don't add beer. Do not add beer to your conversation. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. Um, who did you write the book for? I wrote... You know, this is really funny because I had a specific woman in mind when I wrote the book, and I really wrote it from a place of like a love letter to her about getting everything she wants from her life. That sounds fantastic. Right? So don't you guys think you should order the book right now? To get <laughs> Chris everything. is going to be my publicist from now on. She's really good Because I was just thinking, God, a book that would tell you how to get everything you want in your life. Yeah. And, and it is aim towards people and partnerships. Mm-hmm. As as you and I know, because we do this podcast and we're sex positive, we I wrote the book to a woman, but it really doesn't matter who reads it because it really just talks about partnership and how you work and how you maneuver in that space. So this is really something that couples could read together. Mm-hmm. As I said, it's aimed at a woman because that's who I am and I have the most familiarity with what (laughs) women feel like in certain situations. And it's easy to flex it into other things because there are skills and tools and like I said, some sensual practices. (laughs) Can't wait to get to those. Yeah, that will lead to more freedom for you. And, And really, Krista, I think the bottom line is we're in marriages. We've invested so much of our life and our so much has gone into creating where they are now. Even if they're not perfect today, these are tools and skills. And the three most important, well, I guess there are four most important items, but are love, sex, and romance. Mm -hmm. As you really dig down into the depth of what those three things provide for a marriage or a partnership that has sexuality involved in it, it's super important. And we did a little podcast one time. I think, I believe we called it Blue Lips, and uh-huh. it was very recent. And it's about women getting what they need. And that's a lot of what's in this book is we keep ourselves from getting what we need. We don't realize what we need. We hold back. And it is scary to ask her what we need mm-hmm. sometimes. Or we think it's frivolous or silly that we right. should get. Even like moving around while you're talking to your partner is silly. <laughs> it might be silly, but it's desperately needed. And then you can respect the need the man has also. And one of the things I love the most as I wrote this book that I discovered was that it's like this circle. And as the man gives to the woman out of his generosity and desire to be romantic, Mm -hmm. as we know, with Mr. Delicious and Nurture Man. Nurture Man, yeah. So as they give that way, they open us. There's no way we can't be affected by a beautiful, you know, beautiful flowers on my car this morning. I come out of yoga and there's flowers morning. there. And it's not like that's like a something special. It's like something he does all the time. For you. For me. Right. And, and you it, are surprised by it. And I'm always surprised by it. And I always get warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah, and, just, and it just makes you want to jump his bones pretty yeah. much. Yeah, I f- and I feel so honored that someone would mm-hmm. take time out of their morning to provide that for me and is thinking about me. And So make- what we're talking about here is honoring the feminine, right? Honoring the parts of a woman that that need to have this, this sort of um, – gosh, I don't want to trivialize it, so I'm trying to figure out what it is. It's a way that we're literally honored so that we can feel safe and open. So, so that we can then provide this provide, deliciousness that exactly. we have for Mr. Delicious or for exactly. our partners. And so I, I saw it as a circle. So he comes up over the top of the circle, crosses over into a little bit of his feminine to have to give. He has to understand. I think that's it, though, right there. They have to cross over into their feminine, and it takes a strong man, I don't mean physically strong, but it takes a strong, powerful man to feel confident stepping into that feminine side. Because I noticed that like Nurture Man has no problem stepping in that space. And it's, I don't view that as not manly at all. I see it as like super manly. Whereas I see manly, manly men and they are so scared 
to like dip their toe in the romance or in that giving space. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, that's, that's a fear, good question. Maybe for fear, you know, probably the most secure man will be able to show all the parts of himself. And in men is the feminine. So once they grasp that and they like, they go to that place of the poet, the songwriter, the gift giver, the one who wants to have a woman who's just open to them. Mm-hmm. They can feel it when they touch it within themselves. They give it to the woman. Now, as soon as you start to receive this kind of romantic gesture, and you can feel the energy, right? That's the thing oh, yeah. we want you to remember. Is it's a lot about energy. You feel that all of a sudden you come down to the bottom part of the circle and you become the giver. And what you give is your openness. So even though we think of sex as the man giving, you know, penetrating, that kind of stuff, once you're given enough feminine, romantic, whatever that is, you give to him so that he doesn't feel like he's taking it from you. Mm. It's like you are, and, and you become the offering. Right, you offer yourself in this very intimate way. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I just when you said you become the offering, all of a sudden I just thought of like my days back in church, the offering place that goes around. I thought, yep, I'm being passed around the pews right now. <laughs> I was like, your put your dollars in, everybody. Put your dollars in. They're passed. What I was thinking about was the temple priestess mm-hmm. who used to receive the men from war. And mm. I was thinking, I didn't put any of that in my book, but it's about with women in ancient Greek, Greece who really were highly revered, and they were very different. There were a whole group of people called prostitutes, but these were not. These were the temple priestess. They would receive men who were coming back from war, and they would cleanse them and heal them of the wounds of the war so they could go home to their wives and their families because these women held very high spiritual energy energy that could that could transmute that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So this is the same kind of thing. So here comes your man in from an intense work life. day or well just life as a man. Yeah. You know, they're always like, well, I'm taking on the world and I love we all love that about if you're attracted to the masculine, you right. love that about it. And here they come and what they need from us is a place that they can be received openly and held and all that and that's if they've provided the romance already, you know, there's a overflow of romance, you're right there. You're right there with them. You're yeah. right there. You're at the door in your cellophane dress. It's all <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah. I think you said something um, important back there, though, about um, if the man's secure enough, because mm-hmm. going back to the secure, anxious, yeah. avoidant, the person, the people in my life who have been able to give freely, whether it's the kind words, the romantic words, the romantic gestures, like the open-hearted you know, thoughts, feelings, all of that, they were very secure people. Mm-hmm. The ones that I, now that I'm looking back on it, who were a little bit, would withhold more of that giving energy, they were more anxious and more avoidant. And I include myself in yeah, that as too. well, because if I'm anxious, I'm a little bit more afraid to give openly, because what about if they don't return it? And if or, I'm a- yeah, or even if you just think about regular daily life, being generous means you're open and you're fluid and you're giving and receiving, right? That feel you can feel that if you're like holding on to your cash or holding on to your affection or holding it, mm-hmm. you feel safer. If you're anxious, feel safer. At least I'm in control of it. But if you start giving it and you don't know when it's going to come back mm-hmm. or where it's going to come back, you know, like those days when you feel like you really can't tip anybody because you don't got another <laughs> dollar in your pocket. Oh, can I tell a funny story? Uh, yeah, of course. I was it at the be airport. Funny, though. <laughs> oh, my God. So, well, for some of us, this will be funny. I'm not sure if it'll be funny for everyone. We have all this conversation about giving and receiving, and it's not one to one. In a marriage, in a partnership, sexually, yes, it is. It's one to one. He provides this, we feel this, we give this. He feels that, and the circle goes on and on, right? But in the world, often, we give, 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 and it comes back from another place. We've talked about it with Mm -hmm. husbands where the money comes through that when we're openly giving. No money's coming through us, but we're creating family and community, Right. right? So I was at the airport. Rolled my bag up onto the the little thing, and there's this beautiful woman standing there. And I said, "Oh my God, I don't even have a 
dollar to pay you, but would you please take my bag? Because I don't want to wait in that line in there. <laughs> she just looked at me. She said, honey, no problem. She said, you are not my source. <laughs> and she just laughed. And so what we mean by that is you're not my source, which is the universe is the source. And that's one of the things, actually, I can relate it to my book now, is that we talk about two kinds of love. We talk about personal love, but when that personal love goes deep enough into intimacy, it opens up this field of love, which I call love with a capital L, which is an expansive love. And it takes you out from just being concerned about yourselves into this like whoa, massive experience where sexually, yes, you have experiences of expanding spiritually and sacred union. And you get to see the whole world in a whole new light. So your relationship provides both partnership provides both those things for you. We're talking about that in the book too. Yeah. yeah. So what did you learn from writing this book? Well, that cycle that I was just talking about about mm-hmm. I just loved seeing it. It was like this beautiful cycle that we're all in and I I could think the other thing was the befriending of the opposite energy inside us. Mm. So for me to befriend the masculine energy oh my gosh, I so much better understand why he needs transition time when he walks in the door, why he right. needs whatever it is that he's asking me for makes so much more sense if I go into the part of myself that wants to create something that's having a linear experience that's driving home a result. I'm like, oh yeah, from that place, I'd be pretty fucking tired right now. Why don't I just give him 15 minutes instead of bouncing on him. <laughs> like, oh my God, blah, 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 blah. are we going to dinner? What are we doing? You know, and he's like, rah, shut up. Um, yeah, so that was another one of my discoveries. Cool. Really powerful, yeah. And so if um, if somebody chooses or when somebody chooses to uh, get your book and mm-hmm. read it, what big juicy secret will they yeah. learn? Oh, it's it's like embedded in the book. And the big juicy secret is that life is deeply more meaningful, more powerful, more incredible, more magical if you do it with another person and you bring your energies together and you scare the crap out of yourself <laughs> and you blow up all your big ass concerns about who you are and what you look like and you get real and you just get right into your humanity, like the personalness of who you are, it it just expands into this amazing mystery and the two of you can explore almost anything together. And this is reminding me of something you and I were talking about yesterday when um, I guess we were talking about my um marriage and we were saying like you know we got along and we didn't argue and and you said well do you think that's because you know neither one of you were really telling the truth and so in this moment as you're talking about that i'm thinking of all of these couples that i know who are still married and from the outside look, look very fine. happy and they look like they have you know perfect life and I'm wondering if that's because they're really not being, and I don't know, obviously we can't generalize like this, but um, but I'm going to. In some cases. In some cases, I'm wondering if it's because they're not telling their truth. And so, you know, you and I, we get on this podcast and we talk about all the dramatic <laughs> things that are happening in our relationships. And some days I'm like, God, people must think we're fucking insane. But I think what we're demonstrating is that we are having, we are telling all of these icky parts of ourselves to another partner, and we're allowing it to be okay, and we're having to work through what that looks like, and then we're having to look work through what our partner, what they look like, what they look like, <laughs> and what they think of what we look like, and what we think of what they look like, right. and it seems, it can seem very dramatic from the outside, but I find it more exciting because I feel like I'm really getting to express more fully who I actually am as opposed to in the marriage when I was keeping all of those dark little secrets, those dark thoughts in my head. I was keeping them to myself because I knew, oh, if I say that to him, then he's going to think this and then and he's not going to accept that and, and I'm going to be wrong or bad. And so I'll just stay really quiet. And 
don't know that he wouldn't have accepted that. Right. I mean, I think there definitely were some things that I said, and he's like, yeah, no. So maybe that was an indicator of why I never fully you know, opened up. But I would say with the relationship that has been on this podcast for the last year, in and out, <laughs> no names, um, that although it's been had ups and downs and in and out and turbulent and sweet, it's been all of those things because it's real. It's real. It's real. It's real. And it's like you're human. He's showing me all these parts of himself that, you know, I find ugly sometimes. And can I love this human anyways and right. still be friendly with them and still just love them? And he's shown me like there's what's been really freeing about that is that he's done all of his stuff and I've learned to just love him anyways, and it's freed me to do all of my stuff, and he's getting the opportunity to be like, can I love you anyways? And some days he's like, just say it. He's like, I might not ever talk to you again, but it won't mean that I don't love you. And I found that so fascinating because it really opened up my idea of even what love looked like. Right. You know, we may be disappointed in what the other person says, and so we might not even be able to be friends or we might continue to be friends, but not intimate friends. Or we might learn that, oh, I love this person even more because I do know all of their deepest, darkest secrets. And I still can't help, but I still love them. So how freeing to know that the person you're in partnership with knows every single crappy little junky thing that's inside of you. And they're like, still love you. Well, I think I think what you're saying, Krista, is something that we've been exploring here and that also in my book is that that is actually where the field of love kind of takes over because it we drop that's all our human everyday behavior that we have to live with and we partner with with our with our um partners partner with right. our partners Signi- when we partner with our significant others <laughs> yeah when we're when we're sexual we have to be in our bodies we're we are being human while we're being divine like it's not one thing or the other most satisfying when both of those are coming together but what I wanted to say about that was that when we tell the truth, there's a level of acceptance that raises our consciousness about what's really going on. Like, I'm sometimes going to act this way because this is my wounding. It's not who I am, and it's not my intention to do this. So I will pull back from it, and I will excuse myself. And after you know, I say every little thing, after I, I say, say every little thing, <laughs> it's okay because you sometimes need to. That happened in paradise. But the one thing I actually wanted to add on top of this, Krista, is that um, again, I want to refer to Alison Armstrong's work here because she said something to me one time that t- caught me off guard, but is apropos to this, which is most people think a peaceful relationship is the that's it. That's the sign of everything being good. Well, that's what you had. Mm-hmm. You had a peaceful relationship. I don't think it's any more a sign of being good than a volatile relationship. And the Gottmans who are, you know, doing a ton of relationship work swear that it makes no difference what's happening in the actual relationship, like whether you're a volatile couple or a peaceful, what matters if you're telling the truth. Which is so interesting that you're saying that because I'm looking back over the last year and how much judgment I've put on my relationship, sometimes being hot or volatile and looking at that as bad Mm -hmm. and something to be fixed or not good or I should run away from it and stop it. I'm not saying that I shouldn't, but it's opening up my mind to the perfect box that we're taught to – that's the perfect relationship and what you're saying about the peace. And it's like, I don't, I think actually my more ups and downs relationship is more, more of a relationship than the peaceful, just. Well, maybe they're both like the pendulum swing, right? The peace is way too much. And what Allison would say is no one's getting their needs met in the peaceful, mm-hmm. or at least someone's not. Like right. someone's pretending, and that was you. Mm-hmm. And it and wasn't- I would say him too. Well, and you were aware of it. He might he might have had the same thing, but he wasn't aware of it possibly. And he was fine with the way it was going, and he was surprised by your desire to stop, right? So for him, 
the peaceful relationship was was carrying him through, mm-hmm. not for you. On the other end, the volatile relationship can be super hard for some people, and they can say, oh, this is trash. We should throw it out because it's volatile. Sometimes Mr. Delicious and I can get into that dynamic. It can be really scary when it gets volatile. I think the idea is that you learn to have needs. And in my book, we talk about this. (laughs) You learn how to be playful with each other's needs, how to identify your own, how to get through those conversations with creativity that you only have when you love each other. Right. And then dive into the, oh, oh, we could fix this for this very creative, weird way, but it's okay because it's okay with us. Right. You know, like you take the kids to school on your way to work. Never thought about that before because it was always my job, mm. you know, or just, I mean, that's a very tiny <laughs> yeah, like, wow, example, but, you know, there there are things that we get stuck in that don't meet anybody's needs. And the other person will be like, I'd love to take the kids to school. I've never gone to take the kids to school. Oh my God, we're going to sing and dance. And they do. And it's great. And you get an hour for yoga. Right. And all needs of a sudden, met. everyone's happy. So that's what I'm talking about, about this playful and in this zone of trying not to have it to be too volatile or too peaceful. Right. <laughs> but I, I loved then just getting to the zone of be creative. Be creative. And, I don't. and that's where the capital L love zone is. It's the creativity zone. Cool. That's where it all happened. Um, so I hear oh, that um, what's next? your book has some sensual practices in it. It does. It does. So Which one are we you talking? Tantra? About? Are we talking? Well, it depends on how you call Play Tantra. Out. Tantra? Well, is- one of them I saw in there was flexibility. And I was mm-hmm. like, what does this mean? Are we doing mm-hmm. stretching? Well, (laughs) so let's start with stretching. It's not really stretching. What it is, is about, um, it's about getting into your body first. So imagine your husband's coming home in 15 minutes or your partner's coming home 15 minutes and you've decided to take that 15 minutes to do something to enliven yourself instead of working right up to the minute he walks in the door or making dinner right till he walks Mm. in the door. Just take 15 minutes. Okay. So I just snuck another practice in there. But anyway, and you start just moving your body, walking around the house, turn some music on. I'm like, you don't have to have a dance jam party and get all sweaty. Just move and breathe and think thoughts about how you feel when you move and breathe. Like, ooh, I can feel my hips moving and my legs. I'm rubbing my legs and Krista's asking <laughs> like, me to stop doing it because it's going to come on the mic. So they gave our sound guy being like, what in the hell what is in that? What was that noise? That's sugar Catherine noise. rubbing her legs. <laughs> So anyway, I was doing that. Sorry. She's very sorry, Ken. Feeling very sensual. I She's am. In I her can't body. help it. It's like, as soon as I start moving, it all starts happening over here. So So that so it then, works. So it works. <laughs> the tool works. So so you're in that space when they come in. We all know to give everybody a little space when they walk in the door. We don't know what the traffic was like or anything else, but you're in this space and you're kind of holding this space. And then as soon as you kind of feel the opening, you start moving towards them. And you just lightly touch their arm and they're like and then you maybe lightly touch their face and then i love what you just said though about you give them space but if you think about it what you did first is you gave yourself space yes yes so that then you could provide space to your partner exactly thank you for pointing that out that's exactly so that's the one i snuck in was do not work right up into the second that you meet your guy, do not, like, if you can get five, if you know you're meeting him at a restaurant, if you're meeting your partner anywhere, give yourself a couple minutes in the car before you get out. Not just pull in the parking spot, throw your purse over your shoulder and run, <laughs> run out. In. Yeah. You know, because you're not fully present yet. Because so like, then you show up like a tornado and they're like, do. whoa. And they're like almost assaulted by that energy coming at them exactly. as opposed to you take three minutes before getting out of the car and you just breathe and you can touch yourself. <laughs> you can touch yourself, but you just move around a little. Lean forward in lean your car forward. seat. Remember, remember the why you're there. Remember why you're there. You're yeah. not there to oh. rush in and bombard them. You're there to have either a pleasant meal or a stroll on the beach or whatever your you know whatever activity <laughs> <a> you're <laughs> Viagra driven, uh, geritol enhanced day. Yeah. So the idea is then you start passing it to them. Okay. And so you pass to them, and they're like, "Whoa, what is happening?" Because they can feel it and. 
You might just Energy gently exchange. kiss like- them or kiss their cheek. Nothing that you couldn't do in public. It's not like we're doing anything crazy. Although if you're not in public, feel free to follow <laughs> the energy. Get a room, get a room. Someone starts yelling. And then here's the biggest part. Ready? Okay. You take a deep breath and you invite them to give it back. So now Are you, you actually saying that to them? Yes. Or, really? You're saying yes. what? Like, so you're that- like, well, so you've been kind of touching them, presenting Let's use them. you and Mr. Delicious. Okay. So. I've been, <laughs> ooh, this is nice. So I've been sort of quote unquote doting on him in some way, right? So I'm maybe touching his hair and stroking the back of his neck and just kind of like, how are you, babe? And kissing his cheek, and then maybe just running my hands down his arms. Nothing's happening for me. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm staying in the realm of sensuality with him right now. Mm -hmm. And then I just say, you know what? I'd really love to receive that right back from you. Mm. It's the hardest thing to say. Open your mouth and say that, Krista. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) (laughs) I'd really like to receive that back from you. Would you be willing to just give me what I gave you? I would really love that. Wow. Okay, how vulnerable do you feel right now? Well, I haven't said it yet, so yeah. You just, yeah, go ahead. Because I all of a sudden got into my- She's choking. She's like, because I started thinking of what's his face. And I want- I want to say that to him. There are times, and it's not that I haven't said it, but I haven't said it in that way. Because, you know, usually it comes from the place of, you know, I always do this for you. And yeah, if you yeah. notice, you never do that back for me. And I, re- you know, and I think that's a key too. When a, when your partner continues to do certain behaviors or say certain things or give you certain gifts, that is a good indicator that that's really what they want. want. Right, that is and the love so languages. It, it's the love language thing, and um, so that particular man doesn't quite pick up on the love language. He consistently gives me what he wants, and right. so we need to start shifting that and recognizing, like, oh, this person always approaches me in this way. I got it. That's actually how they want me to approach them. Beautiful, really, really great. That is what happens with our love language. That I give people gifts. And you, most half of them don't even want them. They're like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. I don't need and a that's, gift. And that's—I'm not a gift giver at all. So that's <laughs> she gave what, me a gift, but <laughs> shh, don't tell them. <laughs> so what you're saying though about, um, like, I usually come without the like. This has playfulness behind it. What you're the suggestion that you have in your book, whereas what I I have done in the past is more just like deliver the business information. <laughs> I do this for you. I I want this. I want you to touch me back. I want you to hold my hand, stroke my hair, and rub my feet as we sit by the fireplace. Instead of now, I do do that for him. Yeah, but I haven't really asked for what you want. Yeah, so I can see this as a way of me maturing the relationship and me speaking up for what I want and the way in which I say it. So let's go back. This is really great. I love this exploration. So we're going to go back to a fifth chakra conversation that we've had before about where your voice is coming from. So Mm -hmm. if we're based, if we feel really loving and open towards our partner and we're based in kind of that field of love that I was talking about, you just kind of letting yourself lower into or rise into, it depends on where you are. What you'll experience is yourself saying things like, would you be willing to touch me in the way that I've just been touching you? Or is this a good time for us to keep exploring this? Or is there another time that would work better for you because of something you, like it It orients you to stop thinking about yourself so much. There's nothing wrong with thinking about yourself. And in a partnership, you're always going, hmm, I wonder what's happening over there. It's being curious. It's being curious. Getting curious. Being curious and creative are two of the most, what, the most important skills of partnership. Because we think we know who they are, but we never know because we never know what just happened to them in the last hour. Mm -hmm. And then, or even the last minute, even since you've been stroking them, that you have no (laughs) idea whether they're having freak out, like what has gotten into my Yeah, you don't know if they're enjoying it or not enjoying it. Or Or they would enjoy it if they didn't have to go to the bathroom, but you forgot to check, you know. Right. (laughs) 
They're like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Would you be willing to do this for me as well? I will after I take a dump. No, <laughs> We're back to the dump. But um, yeah. So that those are some really beautiful things. I love that tool. Well, maybe Thank we you. have time to discuss one more. Do we? Yeah. What's next? Let's see. Um, well, I also saw the sensual practice of visualization. And, and I almost didn't ask you about this one because I thought, oh, it probably just means like manifesting. So now we talk a lot about manifesting here, so I won't ask that. But it, then I got a little sneaking suspicion that it was a little different. It might be a little bit different than that. So in visualization, the invitation is to, first of all, do this together. Okay. And well, as usual with my, I always start everything out individually and then we bring it together. So you get to go inside yourself and individually visualize what you would like to be happening in the next moment, in the next hour, in the next day. And what you do with that, if you really let your energy believe your imagination, because our imagination is creative. We Mm -hmm. were talking about that. You actually start to experience the actual effect of what it is you want to be happening, happening all of the sudden right now. The more you repeat that feeling, we've talked about this level of it, the more likely it is to happen. So what I'm talking about is how do you want to be approached by your husband? How Mm. do you want your partner to be with you? How do you want your life to flow? What do you want your house to feel like, not to look like, you know, like, those kinds of things that we don't necessarily know we have control over. And then, of course, we can take it to a little more sexy <laughs> level and we can take it into, you know, how do I want to experience myself when he's touching me? So how are you com- talking with him You're about not yet. This? You're back in oh. your own little – I started I you, you s- on your own. Got and it. And then you're going to come together. So then when you come together, one of the things I love is um, a Katie Hendricks thing she always starts us with, which is drop the words out and mm-hmm. just make sounds. Um, so, um, yes. What does that sound like? <laughs> well, that's, that's playful Not, and oh, okay. I know you're faking it because um, we've already heard I've you're faking it. We heard it. We heard it. <laughs> But what uh, what I'm talking about is really now that you've created that space, right, you drop in with each other with your eyes open and you start feeling the experience of I've already inside me have the energy. You already have the energy that you want inside you. Now let's come together. And the one key secret, mm-hmm. this is the physical secret of the book okay. versus the spiritual secret. See, only the holy fuck listeners get it. Is your breath is your breath is the sexiest thing you Mm -hmm. have. If your breath is low and shallow, you are scared. You are anticipating being assaulted. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you feel like that as your man is approaching you, it is not necessarily have anything to do with him. You're not tuning in to who he is and that he's going to hurt you. You might be. Be careful. But If he's already your partner, you've probably established he's okay. What you're tuning into is who you are and where you are. So if that's happening, do not force the action forward. It could be happening because you have a sexual um, Me Too history that's going to suddenly rear its head. It's going to happen because you had a bad day. It's going to happen because you can hear your kid crying in the other room. Whatever it is, you're actually not available. So you check your breath. And wait, just put a pause in. Just do use the pause. <laughs> pause. Pause. Not pause. Not your fingers, <laughs> not your poles. But you have to check their breath too, I think. Well, if you're I, like both responsible for yeah, your own like, breath. Right. But if you notice their breath is, you're like, you know what? Actually, I'm adapting to your breath and I'm getting scared and I don't know why that's happening. Because the most sexy experiences I've ever had have usually started by laying really quietly with someone Mm -hmm. and just you can feel the breath sync up. And and I'm not even talking about, oh, we're laying together because we want to have sex. It's like laying together and suddenly watching a movie. And all of a sudden the breath Mm. just synchronizes and you can feel yourself starting to expand with each other. And then it just like melts into like delicious sex. Yeah. And you know what I love about that? Hmm. And 
I'm about to tell a delicious secret. I don't know if I can tell this delicious secret. <laughs> now I you can. have to. Now I have to. Okay, I can. My delicious secret with Mr. Delicious is that there is not a stop and start to our sex life. So because we breathe well with each other, we mostly trust each other <laughs> except when we're fighting. Because there's good essence there and loving and a deep thing. We can move into that breath really quickly. We can do it while we're making dinner. We can do mm -hmm. it while we're in the bedroom. But sometimes dinner can turn into something else because the breath is available. Right. And what you said is the thing. It's the expansion. We're available sexually when we're expanded. Yeah. We're not when we're contracted. Everybody just go, and then go, Whoa! Yeah, which means your man walks in the door. He's he's not breathing yet. Yeah, he's just getting in from the freeway or whatever. Give him that moment. He catches his breath. And but rolls. if he's been out buying you a gift, very good. If you told him what you wanted, by the way, <laughs> picked it out, put it on the store. There's a store in Ohio. It's so great. You write it. It has like little cards, uh -huh. and it says my wish, and they write it out for you with the like number and the everything on it, so you can just. Hand it. Give it to your partner. Yeah. And they can walk in the store. They can call. They can be like, wrap that, put it. I'll come pick it up on my way home from work. Amazing. So these are great, great tools to know because men are really, really happy to give you what you want and they don't want to guess. So if they're not stressed out by guessing. Well, that what you're saying though is exactly what we're talking about even in relationship or sex. They really want to give you everything they want. So they just don't know unless you tell them and vice versa. And this is that conversation and like speaking up for yourself and asking Hey, would you? I've willing? done this for you, and I love doing it. Would you mind doing it back for me? Would you be willing? Would you be willing? Not would you mind? Like you? Oh, yeah, can you okay. feel the difference there? Yeah, would like, you be willing? Because really, you're handing them. They can make any answer they want. Okay, and so can you. And then they go, "No, I do not want to do that." Well, that would be an interesting answer. But if if it was true, mm -hmm. if it was playful, it'd be funny. You'd both start laughing and then it would. <laughs> so what I was trying to say about this topic is that this, because there's so much space and expansion, anytime lovemaking is happening, right? So lovemaking is actually right. your full day. When you actually change the lovemaking into sex is when the opportunities are are right and other people aren't necessarily what you just said around. is the secret i love i love this love making is the whole day love making is the whole day we used to wow. call it the other thing that uh, mr delicious and i call it is um foreplay 24 7 mm. so it's just okay. this it's just this warm i don't know if you guys can feel this through our <laughs> through our podcast today but there's this warm, expansive energy in here, which is what you have within you to create. And that's why we always say, spread, spread the, the love. love. We love you guys. Bye. Bye.